morning everyone welcome to the disciples house where the word and spirit come together to reveal the power of God where we're not slothful in business we're fervent in spirit Amen. and we're serving the Lord Amen. that's first Corinthians 2 4 and Romans 12 11 all right upcoming well announcements and upcoming events uh, so Can Friday night's it? prayer that we normally do on Friday nights uh, for the next okay sorry <laughs> sit down yep I, I'm, my bad so Friday night's prayer, uh, it, which we use, normally do on Friday nights, is going to be rescheduled uh, for the next three weeks uh, so we don't overwhelm everybody with the holidays and stuff. So, And it's going to be on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. until the end of the year, at which time we'll go back to the normal. All right. So upcoming events, we got a Christmas fellowship coming up on December 16th at 6 p.m. That's going to be at Julie's Place in Peachtree. 
We'll have Christmas singing, and we'll be doing our Dirty Reindeer games this year. Everyone is asked to bring a wrapped Christmas ornament or decor or gift, uh, if that's what you've got, and and to and and we're going to exchange gifts. But uh, the the church is providing everyone's complete meals plus gratuity. So, if, uh, but you are welcome to bless Julie's staff uh, if you wish. Uh, in addition, okay. Um, she's reading over my shoulder. It's kind of making me nervous. Right. Okay. So December 25th is our Christmas Eve. We're going to have a Christmas evening worship service, um, which will be in place of our uh, our Sunday evening service uh, so that, you know, people can spend time with their families on Christmas Eve. Um, and that's going to be at, uh, it's going to be December 25th at 5 p.m. as we and so come and join us while we worship God in spirit and truth, and bring your favorite Christmas cookies to share during our time of fellowship during the service. Okay, and then, so, on January 1st, which is a Monday, we're going we're gonna to be doing a uh, prayer for the, uh, prayer service for the lost, and so, and then, so that's going to be right before we start back on our normal Friday prayer, which will be that following Friday, and that's going to be at 6 p.m., and we're going to pray for the harvest of the last days. And that's on January 1st. Okay. So then uh, also coming up, we're going to have our Art Encounter and Creation Museum trip. That'll be April 18th through the 20th. And then, we're, uh, of course, Generation Life Youth Camp is coming up. That's July 8th through the 12th. Okay. That's it for the announcements and events. Uh, meditation for the week. So our in him for this week is 1 Corinthians 6.11 out of the basic English version of the Bible. And it says, and such were some of you, but you have been washed. You have been made holy. You have been given righteousness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. So our confession, I was a sinner before I believed. I was, I was a, a sinner, sinner before, before I, believed. I believed. But, but, big but. <laughs> I am washed by the blood of Christ. Ooh, I, I am washed by, by the, the blood, blood of Christ. Of Christ. I am set apart for God and made holy. I am set apart, set apart for God and made, made holy. I am justified. I am justified. justified. Made free of guilt in the made, name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Made, made free, free of, guilt of guilt in the name, in the name of, of the Lord, Lord Jesus, Christ. Jesus Christ. And in the Holy Spirit of God. And, and in, in the, the Holy Spirit, Spirit of, God. of God. Praise God. Yes. Amen. All right. Our healing scripture for this week is Isaiah 35, verses 4 through 6 says, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not, behold your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Amen. Then shall the lame leap as an heart, Amen. and the tongue of the dumb sing. And, and, and for those of you that don't know, the heart there is a deer. Yep. Okay. Uh, so our confession, and it's a little shorter, but but it's good. Powerful. Yes. I stand strong and fear not. I stand, I stand strong, strong and, and fear, fear not. I have faith in God. I have faith, I have faith in, in God. God. He has come and saved me. And he will save you too. I have eyes that see and ears that hear. I leap like a deer. You standing on that, Derek? Amen. All right. 
and I sing for joy. Amen. It's coming, Derek. It's coming. All right. Okay, so. Well, Lord, we just thank you for this day, and we thank you for this service. We ask that you be here with us, and we know that you are, because your word says whenever we're gathered in your name, you will be here among us. So we know that you are here. Lord, we just ask that you lead and guide us, that you give us the very words that need to be spoken, the words that are just right for those that are here and those that are listening online. Uh, Lord, we're just thankful, so thankful for you and so thankful for everything you've done for us, including the right to rebuke the devourer. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You must flee in the name of Jesus, the name above all names and the name that is most definitely above your name. So flee in the name of Jesus. Lord, just lead and guide us. We thank you for this day. Amen. Derek, the church confession? Let's do our confession together. I am the image of God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I'm dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, and saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am raven and redeemed. I am of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen and I abide in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as a king in this life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. Oh 
to thee, O Israel. Oh, 
Shall reign 
For the healing work of Christ has already been provided. Father, we receive, just as we received our salvation, we receive healing. Now, if you've got sickness in your body, you can apply that to yourself. Uh, that angel's here to deliver healing. You don't, I don't have to lay hands on you. Pastor Mike doesn't have to lay hands on you. The angel is present with the healing power. Thank you, Father God. Father, we receive the healing power. We receive wholeness. We receive soundness in our body. Father, we receive sozo from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. In Jesus' mighty name. Lay hands on Derek. In fact, lay hands on that foot. Take that shoe off. Healed and whole. 
healed and whole. No more rolling of the ligament of the ankle. No more weakness in the ankle. It will recover. Derek, I hear the Lord say, that that I said I would do, that big work in you that I said I was going to do, this is just the beginning, son. This is just the beginning. And the enemy has come with attacks to discourage to dismay, to get you out of faith, my son. But fear not, be not dismayed, for I am with you, and I will complete the work which I began, so that you may run your race to its completion, so you may run and shout and dance and sing and praise me all the days of your life. So take it by faith. Run your race. And fear not what the devil may say. For I have you in the palm of my hand. And you will, uh, you will hear, hear, well done and good, good and faithful servant in the far, far future. Oh, nema siki e. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> just begin to laugh at the devil. Oh, just begin to laugh at the devil. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Oh, Satan, we laugh at you because you're a liar. Because you say we're going down prematurely. That means I've got the victory. You say I'm leaving out of here. And I say I'm staying to the end until my race is done. Satan, if you tell me I'm out prematurely, that means I get to complete the run. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory, glory. Oh, Renande. <laughs> oh, anointing Father from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, filling with boldness, filling with joy, unspeakable. Father, oh, Nande. <laughs> All of hell trembles. All of hell trembles when the saints get a revelation. Glory, glory, glory to God. Who else needs healing? Anybody else in the house that needs healing? I know we received it by faith, but is there somebody else that needs healing? You're good. What do you got? What's going on? You're the anointed heel. That your hands are anointed right for knee, that. Okay. Right knee. Okay. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to figure out. Oh. Lord, we we call for healing in the in the knee, healing in the kneecap, and healing in the joint. It will it, it, it will work properly. It will it will be healed and it will be whole. There'll be no tears in the meniscus. There'll be no no pain in the knee. The knee will not pop and it will work properly. It will bear her weight. I hear the words, creative miracles. Creative miracles taking place in this knee in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, restoration, restoration, 
Restoration. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Oh. I just heard the devil, I just heard the Lord say the devil is bringing that attack to discourage you from that elliptical. That's what I heard. I heard it. I heard it. Oh, creative miracles taking place. The works of Satan shall not prevail, but the works of God prevail in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, neha. Who else? Who else? Oh, ne. Anybody else? Jackie, come here. I almost grabbed you when the angel walked in. Raise your hands to heaven. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. Thank oh, you, Father. That's a bit much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we anoint her mind. We anoint her emotions. We break the works of Satan off of her mind in Jesus' mighty name. No longer foolish thinking. No longer a foolish heart. No longer. Father, for the oil breaks the yoke. For the anointing breaks the yoke. The oil is nothing but a representation. And Father, we thank you. You have the victory. Grab a hold of it. Grab it. Grab it. You got to take it by faith, honey. You got to take it. Quit praying in the spirit and take it by faith. Say this, say, Father God, Father God I, take total freedom I take total freedom in Christ. In Christ. Father, Father, I declare, I declare and, I and I decree from my spirit, from my spirit that, my that my mind is free. I no longer, I no longer have, a have a foolish mindset. Father, Father I, no I no longer have the heart, have the heart of, wickedness. of wickedness. Father, Father I, surrender I surrender all that I am, that I am to you. And Father, from this day forward, put a guard upon my tongue and let nothing of Satan come forth from my lips. Father, cleanse my tongue with that coal of fire. In Jesus' name. Right there, right there. That's it, right there. That's it, right there. That's it, right there. That's it, right there. All the way down. All the way down. There you go. There you go. Just, just, just rest in the Lord. That's it right there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Mari, come here. How about you know the angel comes? We take everything the angel came to deliver, right? Come on. Come on. Let me get to that neck. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, let me see your hands. You're good. Give me those hands. Oh, Father, we know that there was a medical procedure. 
and it brought relief. But Father, by faith, we anoint his spine. We anoint the nerve pathways, and we call for a creative miracle in Jesus' mighty name. From his spine down to his hands, all down his arms, nerve pathways being opened. Father, those, those, those lies of arthritis broken. Father, the spine healed whole and renewed in every way, shape, and form. Mari, say this. Say, Father God, I have been set free from the works of Satan. I have been set free from the works of sickness and disease. Father, I receive my total whole package in Jesus' name. Father, I'm not just saved and redeemed, but I'm made whole in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I speak to Satan now in the mighty name of Jesus. Satan, you have no authority over me. You have no right to put sickness on me. You have no right to put disease upon me. You have no right to put pain upon me. Now I command you. And I bind you. And I bind you. To take those things and leave from me right now. In Jesus' name. And never return. And never return. And never return. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, I thank you. Now just begin to just praise him and worship him. Oh, just worshiping. Aha. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, there it is right there. 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 Oh, right there. I mean, right there. Now, here's what I don't want you to ever say again. I don't want you to ever say, I have a demon of infirmity or anything along those lines. From this day forward, all I want you to say is I have been set free and I am redeemed I of all pain and sickness. The Lord. That's it. Don't ever open that door. Don't ever open that door. When, when, if it tries to attack, you say, no, get out in Jesus' name. Just get out in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Satan's a liar. Come on. Satan's a liar. Glory to God. Glory to God. You can be seated this morning. Turn and, well, I'll tell you what, greet somebody, and then let's be seated. Turn and greet somebody. Oh, thank you. Oh, let's make a little noisemaker. Thank you, Father. Turn and greet somebody. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Well... Is that biblical? Well, let's go to Mark chapter 16. Come on. Is that biblical? Come on. You know, the the, angels in, the angel of the Lord's in the house. Therefore, healing is in the house, and prosperity is in the house, and deliverance is in the house. Come on. But, you know, Satan's, Satan's he's bound, and he must flee. But he doesn't flee far. No. 
Because the Bible says that he he roams the earth seeking whom he can destroy and who can he, he can, can take down and who can, he can he can devour and what healing can he steal and what prosperity can he steal and he's waiting, just waiting for you to to for open the door. To open that door with your words or your actions, as long as you keep yourself turned towards God, turned towards the Lord, he can't come. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And Father. as long as you 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 bind him. You know, I can bind him all day long, but you have to bind him for yourself. That's right. You've got to learn your authority. You have to use that authority, and you have to have faith that God gave you that authority, because he did. Where are we going, Luke? Mark. Mark. Mark 16. Just a little side journey for just a minute. Verse 15. Mark 16, 15. And uh, this, is, this is the tail end of Mark. Jesus has been to the grave. Jesus has been to hell. Uh, he's paid your penalty. He has um, preached to those in Solomon and uh, Abraham's bosom. Uh, he has set those in captivity of the Old Testament free. He has uh, ushered them. He, he has been risen from the grave. He ascended into heaven. He applied his blood to the mercy seat. He came back uh, and, and showed himself for uh, 40 days and nights to many witnesses. This is the tail end of Mark's account of all of that. And this is and, and Mark concludes it with the word with, with the words of Jesus. We call this the Great Commission. He said and, and he said unto them Go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature, every creation. You know, obviously he's talking about all of mankind, but you know what? If you have a good place to start, a good place to practice is on your pets. It's a good place. Well, they can't run away. It's a good place. Dad Hagen, I mean, if you don't have pets, if you got a garden, go out and preach to the cabbage heads. That's how Dad Hagen at the Hagen got his start. His start. And uh, he said that he'd preach to the cabbages, and he'd get, uh, he got tired of preaching to them because they never changed their expression. So he'd True. go over and he'd preach to the, to the green beans a while. And when the green beans got stale, he'd go up and preach to the hay bales. You know, so just, you know, what are we supposed to do? Preach. Well, I'm not a pastor. Well, or, well, you don't have to be a pastor. The word preach means to proclaim. To proclaim. It just means to talk about Christ. Proclaim the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the good news. It's the good news. When you live in, in despair all the days of your life and somebody comes and tells you, you don't have to be in despair anymore. When you live in prosperity, uh, poverty and somebody says no you can live prosperously when you live with sickness and you say and somebody comes and says now wait a minute doctors can't do anything for you but but i know somebody that can how much you know that's good news that's good news he preached the gospel to every creature let's keep going well now 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 some are saying but pastor i don't really know the gospel like i should how am i supposed to proclaim that to people it doesn't matter Proclaim what God's done that's for you. Right. That's right. Everybody yeah. has that's, one that's sermon. That's part of the good news as well. It's your your testimony is uh, uh, your testimony and the faith that you have in God is going to speak to people. Honestly, your testimony, what God has done for you, will preach louder and stronger than any scripture you can give. Seriously, it will. It will. Uh, there's in in in. Uh, so just share what you've got. Now let's go to verse sixteen. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. 
But he that believeth not shall be damned. Now this word baptized means to be submerged or to be saturated. So some people will take this verse and say, see, if you're not water baptized, you're not saved. Well, let me help you. Water baptism does not save you. Being submerged, see, Jesus is called the living water. And to be submerged in the living water of Christ, to be saturated in Christ, is to be baptized in him. Amen. If you will believe in Jesus Christ and make him the Lord of your life, if you'll believe that he... Now, let me, let me be very clear. When I say believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm talking about the Jesus Christ of the Bible, the Son of the living God, not man-made Jesus. I'm talking about the Jesus of the, of the Bible. And um, when you believe on him, he comes on the inside of you and he saturates you in his presence, in his power, in his anointing. And that is how you are saved is by belief. It says he that believeth. It doesn't say he that is dunked. It says that he that believeth and receives that saturation of the living water of Christ shall be saved, made whole, redeemed, and he that believeth not shall be what? Damned. That means if you choose, if you hear the gospel truth, and Jesus makes sure that every person gets to hear the gospel at some point, somehow, well, what if a preacher never goes to him? Do you think our God is so weak that Jesus can't meet him on their deathbed? No, our Jesus is way powerful than more powerful than that. So if you have, so if you if you have the opportunity to hear the gospel and you reject the gospel, then is it God sending you to hell or is it you? It's you, it's you. He says, "He that believeth and shall uh, that believeth not shall be damned." Let's look at the next. Because we were asking, is this whole laying on a hand thing scriptural? Well, let's look. Verse seventeen, and these signs shall follow them that what believe. believe. If you don't believe for these signs, these signs will not follow you. Well, guess what? I believe. Pastor Mike believes. We believe in these signs. Therefore, these signs do follow us. Amen. All right. What are these signs? In my name, they shall cast out devils. We cast out devils. What do we do? We commanded Satan, take your grubby, filthy hands of sickness and get out in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, we, we bind get those, out. We, we bind, bind those devils in the name of Jesus. Come on. His name is the name above all names. And that word and, cast. And it has the power to do so. And that word cast out means that you evict them. You evict them from where they're trying to reside. And uh, we're not like the government where it takes us months and months and months to evict. We know right. our power. We know our authority. And if the person wants to be set free, that demon must go immediately. Amen. Immediately. Let's keep going. They shall speak with new tongues. Come on. That's speaking in other tongues. That's not speaking bilingual or multiple languages. That's speaking in other tongues. What that word tongues means is it means a language that you did not learn naturally through the teaching of men. It actually talks about, it's actually a spiritual language. Where I could teach that whole thing, but we won't get to what God wants us to get to today. But it actually means that you, if you will believe... 
uh, if you've received Christ and you believe for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can, I mean, all you have to do is say, Father, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Father says, baptize, saturated in the Holy Ghost. And a byproduct of getting saturated in the Holy Ghost is you, is you, your spirit, uh, encounters its heavenly language that only God understands. Only God understands it. Uh, you know, um, and, and, and that's a whole nother language, a whole nother sermon. Choose to speak it out. All you he's, have he's to, not going to force you to speak nope. it out. He's I've not going to take over your tongue. But, <laughs> but, but you have to speak it out. I've seen people do this. Oh, I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. When I lay hands on you and pray, will you speak? I'll speak. Okay, we pray. I go, okay, now speak. And they go, expecting the Holy Ghost to come down, grab their tongue, and make it make noise. That's not how that works. You do the speaking. The Holy Ghost gives you the unction. Another sermon for another day. Right. Let's keep going. All right. They shall take up serpents. You going to handle serpents? No. no. Okay. Good. No. If you know me, you know if a snake shows up, so does the gun. So does the gun. My husband likes to get mad at me because he's like, honey, those bullets ricochet. I said, well, I'll make sure he's off well, the concrete. If the snake's up against the house, you can't aim at the house. We're going to take care of it. All right. Anyways. And no, it, what this is talking, it says, they shall, take up, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. This is talking about if you go out to share the, what was the first thing he said in this scripture go preach the gospel if you go out into an area that got now here's the deal don't go to the ghetto if god didn't tell you to go to the ghetto because you go to the ghetto without the protection of god and you're going to get shot stabbed and murdered don't go to the ghetto unless god tell, told you to go but if you go, if God said go to the ghetto, then you go to the ghetto. And should you come across anything that is deadly, it shall not hurt you. Why? Because you're going in the power of God. See, because right there, God's yeah. promising you that if you encounter these things, that you can have the faith and the boldness to know that He is there with you and He's on your side and He's going to stop the sure. harm from coming. If you go to a third world, if God tells you to go to some of this, this some foreign country where their main diet is insects, uh, um, or, you know, scorpions or whatever, or, you know, uh, some regions of the world, they like to eat puffer fish. Puffer fish are deadly. If, and if you go to this region of the world and they serve you a puffer fish, um, and, and you don't receive their puffer fish, how much you know that thing could kill you? But if you're there in the power of God, that puffer fish will not kill you. Now, I highly don't recommend that you just go in and go, well, God sent me here, give me a puffer fish. I would highly recommend that you, that you pray and believe. And I would definitely, if you're served a puffer fish, I would definitely uh, bless that thing and get clearance from the Holy Ghost ahead of time. But you can do those things if God leads. Right. Let's read the next thing. Right, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. If we believe in God, if we believe the words of Christ, Christ said we could lay hands on the sick, and the sick will do what? They shall recover. They shall or they will recover. It's not our job to make you healed. It's our job to lay hands. It's our job, if, if you have faith to receive, uh, 
then it's your job to receive. If you don't have faith for receiving, but you allow us to lay hands on you, then it's our job to receive on your behalf. Other than that, the healing is completely God's part. Amen. That's completely God's part. It's not us doing it. It's not us doing the work. It's God. So glory to God. So, you know, and uh, we've proven this time and time again. We've proven these scriptures to be true. The Lord sent us to people with cancer on their deathbed, given a week to two weeks to, to live, and, uh, and, and, set, and the doctors gave up on them and, uh, because the Holy Spirit sent us, and we went and we prayed and supernaturally healed and uh, lived. You know, um, <clears throat> one, the Lord, told her, the, the, Lord, the Lord told her that the cancer came because of worry and that if she got back into worry that Satan would bring the sickness back with vengeance. And uh, five years almost to the day, she lived a very healthy, wonderful life. Um, and then some stuff happened with her family, and she had gotten very proficient about putting the worry off. But there were several things that happened all at once, and uh, she got back into pacing the floors. And when she did, the cancer came back with vengeance. We went to another person who... Um, had a heart proceed. We, we went to another person. I've told you the, the testimony several times. I mean, I thought the man was going to die while we were there. And, uh, he, he got, he, and, and he had a forgiveness issue. Um, the Lord revealed that to us. And so he ended up forgiving the people that he had a forgiveness issue against. And then he went to his church. He asked his church. He said, I see in the scripture where uh, if I forgive and I come to the elders in my church and ask them to anoint me with oil, they'll anoint, if y'all will anoint me with oil, then I'll be healed. And they said, we see it in the scripture, so we'll do it. And as far as I know, that man is still alive today. We went to another man uh, who had a heart procedure and got a staph infection of his, in his heart. And they were con- they, the doctors were like, we don't know if he's going to make it or not or something along those lines. And it's been a long time since we went. And uh, we went in and we prayed for the man and uh, by the leading of the Holy Ghost. And the report came back to us that the doctor said, we don't know what happened, but you look like you have a brand new heart if you know anything about staph infections uh they leave damaged organs if you recover from them uh we've i mean we've gone through tests i've I've gone and laid hands on my dad um who was having critical surgery on both of his carotid arteries and uh his survival was not good uh success but we laid hands on him before he went into surgery and i mean the power of god hit him so strongly he started yelling at the doctors and the nurses in the hallway going i've never experienced such a powerful prayer grab that one pray for that one grab that one pray for that one mom was there i said dad that's not how this works that's not how this works he's alive and well 78 still working driving trucks uh i mean i mean he's still working uh, on the farms and driving big uh, CDL trucks. And, I mean, just we've had miracle after miracle. Uh, uh, we've Pastor Michael was ushering with Brother Randy at one of our youth camps, and there was a young lady there that um, was uh, her legs were very contorted from a sickness and a disease, and uh, she could get by with crutches, but a fair amount of the time she was in a wheelchair, and uh, through the laying on of hands, Pastor Mike was the usher right there. He felt the power of God so so strongly when Brother Randy laid hands on her. The girl went down, uh, slain in the spirit, and uh, and they literally watched her legs straighten. 
They literally watched her legs straighten. And for years, she was a worker at camp. For years, she was a worker at camp um, and walked without her crutches. I mean, just miraculous things. So are these things true? Yes, these things are true. The work of Christ is true. Uh, so, um, you know, God made provision for healing way back in the book of Genesis. And uh, this isn't prayer and healing school, but that tends to be the flow uh, where we're at this morning. Let's just pray in the Spirit for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you. Father, I anoint you. Father, I just I praise you. Father, I glorify you. I magnify you. I bless you with all spiritual blessings upon high. Father, do we need to continue in the direction that you called us, that you that you showed us, or do we need to go in a different flow? Do we need to go in a different flow this morning? Your will, Father, your way this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So, thank you, Father. So the Spirit of the Lord has has told me to, that I have an assignment. Thank you, Father. Um, thank you, Father. He wants me to 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 uh, make a list of all the names that that Jesus is. You know, all all of Jesus' names, like okay. like healer and teacher and those. If and, and just, that board right there. That board right there has most of them. But he he says he says that I'm to study this list and 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 complete it and meditate on it and memorize it and read the scriptures that have to do with it until the names become real to me. Thank you, Father. Now, I don't know if that's for everybody else, but if it, it, if you want to walk, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this uh, assignment seriously and I'm going to to study those names out um, because let's face it that that jesus christ is the name above all names but he has many names and those names apply to many different things and if you study those out and they become real to you then that power becomes part of you glory to god that assignment led us to the direction that we're to go so i thought i figured right after service first thing i'm going to do is take a picture of that poster (laughs) Because it's got, it's got scripture references it's as a, well it's, as it's, names. It's a good launching point. Yes. Turn to Genesis. To turn to Genesis 22. Genesis 22. It's all right if y'all meditate with us this morning. We're going to meditate this morning. Uh, it's been rolling in my spirit for several days. Genesis um, 22. Okay. Genesis 22. Something's been rolling in my spirit for many many days, and I thought, well, okay, that's probably. Uh, what the Lord wants to talk to us, uh, talk to the people about through Christmas, um, and I, and I started to study on it. And Mike was studying it. With, Pastor Mike was studying on it with me. Um, but uh, here's my question. Well, let's let's look at Genesis 22. Let's look at Genesis 22. Genesis 22. This is this is the account of Abraham when he's taking Isaac, his his son. Uh, his his son of promise. He's taking Isaac, his son of promise, up to the mountain uh, to be sacrificed. Remember, he was going to sacrifice Isaac, um, 
and he was walking with Isaac. And now, mind you, Isaac is a grown man at this point. He's a young adult at this point, um, and and he's he's you know he he's not a small child. He's a grown man. Um, and as they're walking up the mountain, he says to his father, he says, "Father," he said, um, "I see the kindling." And I see the knife for the sacrifice, but where is the sacrifice? And, uh, you know, and why did he ask this? Because right about now, Isaac is getting concerned. Isaac is getting concerned. And we understand that Abraham, the relationship of Abraham and Isaac is a type and shadow of the Father God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And he and God wanted to know, Abraham, do you trust me enough that you would even sacrifice your son of promise. Now, remember, I, remember, how long did he have to wait for Isaac? 25 years after he was promised. And he was promised at the age of, what, 90, 75? So he was, he was 100 years old when Isaac came along. So th- how much, you know, this son meant everything to him. This son meant everything to him. And so he's, oop, I knocked over the plant. Come here, you. Stand back up. You have a job to do. Glory to God. All right. So he's, he's, uh, so he's, uh, he's kind of a little, so Isaac's getting a little stressed out. Let's start in verse, uh, he said. Um, well, of course, Abraham's getting a little stressed out, too, because this is the promise of God to him. Yeah. And God's now asking him to give it away. Now, they, now, they've gone so far as he's made the altar. He's, he's got the kindling there. He's bound Isaac. He's laid Isaac on the altar. And uh, let's pick up in verse 10. 10, okay. Verse 10. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Listen, Abraham is, he's ready. I mean, he is ready to sacrifice his son for God. He's ready to take care of it. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Abraham, yeah, hello, somebody's calling me, you know, and how much, you know, Isaac right now is thinking, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, he's thinking, he's thinking, oh, thank God. He's thinking, oh, thank God. But let's keep reading. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now, now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Now, is... I, is Isaac Abraham's only son? No. No. No, he's not. In fact, uh, while he was waiting for Isaac to come along, Sarah got distressed and said, here's my handmaiden, maybe you can get her pregnant. And they had, I, and they had Ishmael. Ishmael is the, is the child of the flesh, but Isaac is the child of promise. And, he, and therefore, he's the one, he is the only son that matters to God, as far as he understood that this is the child of promise. And God said, now I know you won't withhold anything from me. How, here's a little question, side note. Are there things that you'll withhold from God? Because remember, Abraham was extremely blessed. But Abraham was extremely blessed because he wouldn't withhold from God. Amen. He was willing to do anything that God requested of him. Let's keep going. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. 
And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. So one of the names of God is Jehovah-Jireh. The Father God is called Jehovah-Jireh. This word Jehovah-Jireh, we often say is the God who provides. But really, this word Jehovah-Jireh means so much more. What it really means is he is the God who looks ahead and gives provision. He's the God that looks ahead and gives provision. Now, amongst Christians, there is a teaching that Christ was poor. That Christ was poor, that Christ was homeless. Uh, and, and they get these things from, and, and from, they make assumptions based on their own ideology. Um, but if God is, but if the Lord God is Jehovah Jireh, did he actually see ahead into Jesus' future and provide for his son? Let's look to the word and find out. Go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. As I said, we're going to meditate on some things. We're going to meditate. And what does meditate mean? Meditate means that we're going to think on and talk out the word. And study. And study. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 17. We're going to pick up right here. Just for the sake of time, I'm going to skip a few things. Just for the sake of time. Like all the begats. Like all the begats. I'm going to skip a few things. So verse 17. But verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. Okay. And from David until the carrying away unto Babylon are 14 generations. Okay. And from the carrying away unto Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. So from Abraham to Christ is 14 and 14 and 14. 14 times 3 is 42. 42 generations from the time of Abraham to the time of Christ. On average, according to theologians, a generation was considered to be approximately 35 years. So we're looking at a span of about 1,500 years, give or take. Little less, little more. So um, did... God make a provision for Christ. Well, let's look at some things. Now, some people say that Christ was poor because he, uh, in one in one verse, um, there's a young uh, a young uh, Jew that comes to him and he says, you know, Rabbi, which means teacher. Um, he calls him a good teacher. He says, I want to come and I want to study under you. And Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds have nests. I'm just summarizing. But I have no place to lay my head. So they made the assumption based off of that scripture that Jesus was homeless. But remember, he called him teacher. And what, what that meant was that he was, they were asking, where, what school do you teach at? And Jesus was saying, I don't have a institute or a a facility that I teach at. He he wasn't an instructor. Okay? Um, So so they make that assumption. They make the assumption that to be humble, 
means you're poor. Being humble doesn't mean poor. Being humble means that you're meek and that you know it's not all in your might, power, and ability. Uh, so I, I know some very wealthy people that are actually very, very humble. I also know some wealthy people that are not humble. Uh, but hum, hum, uh, humility does not automatically mean poverty. Now, I want you to look at, let's look at verse 18. Now, of course, we're going to make some assumptions, but we're going to base our assumptions on the word. Okay? Verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Okay. Keep going. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. All right. So this said that Joseph, her husband, we know that they were engaged, that they were not, they had not yet had the marriage ceremony, that when it said her husband, it meant that they were engaged. Unlike, or that they were, unlike today when you get engaged, uh, that doesn't mean that you can still mosey around. Back in that day, once you got engaged or espoused, uh, that was the process. That that whole next year to two years was when the husband was preparing his home for you. But as a woman, but as a woman, you were bad. Both of you, basically, even though you weren't living in the same house, acted as though you had a spouse. Yep. And back then, they, they didn't call you. They didn't call the husband the fiance. They called him the husband. The husband. That that because that was just and right. At that point, when they became engaged, that was the start of the marriage ceremony. That's right. You know, at, at that point, you are husband and wife. You and just that's haven't the way gone they considered through. it. Right. But you just you, you hadn't consummated the full ceremony, which took a couple of years. Right. But I want you to key in on this. Being a just man, underline that. Being a just, that man is italicized. We could say being just. If they didn't throw the A in there, that would have been better. Joseph was just. What does that mean? Well, let's remember that at this point in time, they're still living under the old covenant. In order for a Jew to be considered just or righteous, it meant that they had to be doers of the law. Go to Deuteronomy 28. Hold your place right here, but, you know, mark it, but go to Deuteronomy 28. There we go. Now, I want us to look at... Um, we know, well, go, we'll, we're going to read through, and I'm not going to commentary. I know it's a miracle. Verses 1 through 8. All right. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all of his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high, high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall, over, shall, shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. 
Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shalt thou be in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy ground, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall be thou shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. He shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. What does verse 8 say? He shall command the blessing. The Lord shall do what? Command the blessings. How much do you know when the Lord speaks, it happens? Yes, it does. It happens. The Lord shall command the blessings upon thee where? In thy storehouses. In the storehouses. And where else? All. Uh, in the storehouses and everything that you set your hand do to, and he shall bless what? The land. You and the land. He's going to bless you in the land. What does that word bless mean? That word bless goes back to the word uh, blood through B-L-E-S-T. Uh, and it actually means that you are empowered to gain uh, or empowered to prosper. So if Joseph is a just man and God is true to his word, then this means that Joseph has to be blessed with prosperity in the storehouse, in his, in his finances. He has to be blessed or have wealth with everything that he does. We know that he was a carpenter. How much do you know? He had a thriving carpentry business. Uh, we know, uh, it says that he, thou shalt be blessed in the land which the Lord shall give thee more than likely, uh, there's a good chance that Joseph had some type of animals. Some because that was a livelihood thing for them. So is it likely that Joseph was poor? Not no. likely at all. Not likely at all. Now, I want hold, hold your spot. Stay right here and do hold your spot in Deuteronomy 28 because we're coming back to Deuteronomy, but flip back to Matthew. We're going to kind of go back and forth. He it said that he was a just man and um, not willing to make her a public example, he was minded to put her away privately. So this says that this tells us that Joseph had options. Joseph could have had her stoned or he could have had her put away. But what does that mean because according to Jewish law? So glad you asked. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 20. Four. Oh, 22 first. Deuteronomy 22. He had options. So we're going to pick up in Deuteronomy 22 and uh, verse 13. So we're, and we're going to go to... Um, Probably 24. Uh, 21. 21, okay. So 13? Yep. All right. If any man take a wife and go in unto her and hate her and give vocations of speech against her. Now, what does it mean to hate her? What it means is uh, amongst the Jews, 
it was um it was not culturally culturally acceptable to not be a virgin at your marriage in fact if you if a jewish woman was not a was not a virgin at her marriage ceremony she was considered dirty she was considered unclean and she was considered to have very small value and it could also cost the family money so if you despise this woman that's so basically if you were going to create this problem for this woman then it would signify that you hated her that's what it means so let's let's read a little bit. So it says, if any man take a wife and go in, go um, go in onto her. In other words, if he go and lay with her before the marriage is finalized, he's dishonored her and therefore hates her. Okay. That's what that means. All right. Let's keep reading. And give occasions of speech against her, and bring up an evil name upon her, and say, I took this woman. And when I came to her, I found her not a maid. Not a virgin. That's what it's talking about. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity unto the elders of the city in the gate. Now, that tokens of the damsel's virginity, that sounds really weird and creepy in our mindset. What that actually means is that the Jewish ladies actually had maid servants. And the maid servants were always with the virgin daughters. They were to never be alone. So what they would do is is the family would have to bring that daughter's handmaiden before the jewelry. And that handmaiden would have to testify if the daughter was ever separated from her or not. If there had been any opportunity for anything wrong or inappropriate to have happened. That's what they're talking about. All right. 15? Yep. All right. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity unto the elders of the city in the gate. And the damsel's father shall say unto the elders, I gave my daughter unto this man to wife, and he hateth her. And lo, he hath given occasion of speech against her, saying, I found not my daughter a maid, or I found not thy daughter a maid. And yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity, and they shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city. And the elders of that city shall take that man and chastise him. And they shall immerse him in a hundred or uh, in a hundred shekels of silver. And give them to the father of the damsel, because he hath brought up an evil name upon a virgin of Israel. So, if if a, if a male acute, falsely accuses a female of not being a virgin at the wedding, and um, can't prove it, what have you, then uh, that male's family has to pay the daughter's family. Keep going. All right, uh, he, because, uh, because he has brought up an evil name upon a virgin of Israel, and she shall be his wife, he may not put her away all his days. But if this thing be true, and the tokens of virginity be found, not found for the damsel, then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house, and the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she die. Because she hath wrought 
folly in Israel to play the whore in her father's house. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. So if the uh, if they can't prove that she was a virgin, then uh, she gets stoned right before. I mean, right in front of her family's house. That's one of the two options that Joseph was facing, being a Jew following the law. But now go to Deuteronomy 24. And verse 1 and 2. When a man hath taken a wife and married her... I'm sorry, just verse 1. Okay. When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he has found some uncleanliness in her... Then let him write her a bill of divorcement and, and give it to her hand, give it in her hand and send her out of his house. So the fact that he was considering giving her a bill of divorcement and sending her out of the house, that tells us that Joseph had a house. If he didn't have a house, he wouldn't have had that option. But he had an option. So Joseph actually was not poor. Jesus was not born to a homeless, inept family. This Joseph, the head of this family, uh, was blessed by God according to the, to the rule of the Bible. Um, he, Joseph had options to send her out of the house. Now, I understand we're making some assumptions, but they make assumptions about Jesus' uh, uh, poverty, but we can back this up with, with culture based out of the Bible. Now, I want you to go to Luke chapter 2. We're going to come back to Matthew in a little bit, but let's go to Luke chapter 2. Actually, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 1, not chapter 2. Luke chapter 1, and I want you to go to verse uh, 26. And in the sixth month, the angel, Gabriel, was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, named Nazareth. Talking about the sixth month of Elizabeth's birth. This is when the angel shows up. Or her pregnancy? Yeah, or her pregnancy, yep. All right. Uh, To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. What did the angel tell Mary? That she's highly favored. That she's highly favored and she's what? Blessed. She's blessed. Which means that Mary, first of all, she's highly favored, which means, guess what? She's a follower of the word of God. Which means the blessing has been commanded to Mary and her household as well. Now, we didn't go back and we didn't look at it, but under Jewish law, when there is an engagement, the, the husband, the, the bride's father or family actually pays a dowry to the husband. Or no, I'm sorry. Yes. So they actually, so Mary and, uh, so Mary's parents actually uh, gave Joseph some money for, as, as a kind of like a, a, gift for marrying their daughter and uh so they had money mary was blessed so um we can we can look at this and we can go well now wait a minute if i'm looking at the old testament and i'm looking at the promises of god 
if Joseph is blessed and Mary is blessed, then how can they be homeless? Can't be. Can't be. Now, I want us to go to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to look at some things. And we're going to figure out some things uh, about God preparing things ahead of time. By the way, we're not going to get through this whole teaching today, just so you know. But I think we'll get through this little part. All right. Chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. All right. Let's ask some questions. Where was Jesus born? In Bethlehem. Bethlehem. All right. We got that answered. Uh, It says that there came wise men. What are wise men? Astrologers. This word in the Greek actually is the word megos, and it's the name given. Now, now pay very close attention to this because this is very important. This, this name megos is given by the Babylonians, the Chaldeans, the Medes, and the Persians, amongst others. So this word magos is used among the Babylonians, the Chaldeans, the Medes, and the Persians. Magos means, uh, is a term that they use to refer to teachers, to priests, to physicians, to astrologers, to seers, to interpreters of dreams, to augurs, and to soothsayers. Now, don't let that word augur confuse you. Because I asked my husband, I said, an auger, what is an auger? Me being country, I think of an auger, you know, as that twisty thing that you twist down in the, in the ground to make a hole. I looked it up in the Webster Dictionary. Guess what it said? It's the twisty thing that makes the hole in the ground. I looked it up in my Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and guess what it said? It's the little twisty thing that makes the hole in the ground. My husband said an auger is this. It's a, it's it's an someone that interprets signs and wonders and omens and 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 basically tells you what's going to come to pass. So I had to say. So I had to ask Google, Google, what is a person that is referred to as an auger? And guess what definition I got? That one, somebody that can read signs and wonders and things like and that, omens and, and omens and things like that. So. Were these kings? No. We've been taught for decades that the 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 wise men were kings. They were not kings. They were priests. They were prophets. They were augurs. They were scientists. They were astrologers. They were teachers. Now, from the east, I've been taught my whole life this meant orientals. Go to Genesis chapter 20... uh, We're going to find out exactly. I've also been told my whole life that the Bible doesn't tell us who these men from the east are. We're going to debunk it. Go to Genesis chapter 25. Are you buckled in? You got your seatbelts and your wigs on? Okay, this is where you're going to need them. Genesis chapter 25. Where'd Genesis go? Come on now. There it is. 
Genesis chapter 25, picking up in verse 1. You there? I'm there. If you're All taking right. notes, you need to write these scriptures down because you might have to go back and look them through. All right. All right. Verse 1. Then again, Abraham took a wife. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I, I, I messed this up. Back up to chapter 24, verse 67. Oh, that's like the last one. Yep, that yeah. last. You got, you got to know what happened right before. And Isaac brought her unto his mother, Sarah's tent, and took Rebekah, and she became his wife. And he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So uh, Sarah has now died. Isaac had, now has his wife. And Abraham, Abraham is living on his own. This is what we need to know about Abraham. So we, now remember so this, the covenant. At this point, Abraham's wife, Sarah, is, has passed away. Correct. That we're coming to here. Correct. Sarah has passed away. But remember, at this point, Abram has gone to Abraham. Isaac has been born. God provided the ram. Uh, the, he's, Abraham is very, very extremely, 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 extremely oh. wealthy. Now, I want you to think about this. Talk about the healing power of God. Remember when the angel show, when God, when the Lord God showed up to, 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 uh, Abram and said, you're going to have children. And Sarah, remember she was laughing in the tent and she said, am I at my old age gonna, uh, experience pleasure? And we found out through there that Abraham was not able to perform his husbandly duties. Which meant that Abraham and Sarah both had to be healed. Remember that? Right. And then here came Ishmael. And then here came Isaac. Well, buckle up. Here we go. So at this point, we know that, that, that Abraham had at least two kids. That's right. Ishmael and Isaac. Come on. So then again, Abraham took a wife. And her name was Keturah. And she bare him Zimaran. And Joksan, and Medan, and Midian, and Ishbak, and Shua. Shua means wealth. Shua means wealth. The other ones mean destruction, separation, all these other wonderful names. Right. Okay. <clears throat> and Joksan. Contention. Yeah. So and one of his children, Joksan, begat Sheba and Dedan. And the sons of Dedan were Ashurim and Letushim and Leumim. And the sons of Midian, Epha and Ephur and Hanak, 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 and Abida and Eldaha. All these were the children of Keturah. I'm telling you, you want to learn something about, go look up what these names mean. We're not going there today, but go look them up. But it's important that Shua, rem that Shua rem means wealth. Keep that in mind. All right. And, and remember Keturah. Keturah. Remember Keturah. That's a very important name. All right. And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac, his first and real son. The, the son of promise. The one of promise. But unto the sons of the concubines, or Keturah, and and, 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 and the concubine. And Hagar. Yep, and Hagar. Which Abraham had. Abraham gave gifts and sent them away from Isaac, his son, while he yet lived, eastward unto the east country. Where did Abraham's seeds of the flesh go? 
east. They went east. Do you know that when that the word oriental literally means east? It doesn't mean Japan and Asia and all of that. It means any place east of where Abraham was. And Abraham was in Jerusalem. He was east. So if you are, if I, I meant, I kind of had meant to get Marty to pull this up, but I didn't have time and I didn't think about it in time. But if you look at a map of Israel, everything east of Israel is Iran, Iraq, a little bit of Syria, Persia. If you go northeast, that's Germany, that's Turkey, that's all those regions. Guess who's there? The Palestinians, right? And the Kurds, right? The Palestinians, the Kurds, and all of them, they are the descendants of what, as you go through your Bible, you find out that those are the Medes, the Persians, the Babylonians. That's who these are. So these people that are constantly contending with the Israelites all through the Bible are Abraham's descendants. From the concubines. From the concubines. So who are these wise men from the east? They are 42 generations later of Abraham's descendants that have... Now remember, these children that are now grown men... What does it say he gave them? It says, look at what he says. It says, and he gave what? Gifts. Gifts. The kingdom of heaven is based on what? Sowing and reaping. You, Abraham sowed and Jesus later reaped. Come on, Jehovah Jireh looked ahead and made provision. Come on, gifts. He gave gifts to those of the east. Now, it never made sense to me that the Asians of the East would be interested in Jesus in any way, shape, or form, or his birth. Well, why did that not make sense? Because it wasn't the Orientals, as we know them, that came. It was the Easterners, those east of Jerusalem, which is often referred to as Oriental in ancient times. It was them. Why? Because remember these kids who are now adults, they grew up in Abraham's house. They grew up under the covenant. They knew their history and they knew that Abraham, their father, had a promise that he would be the, that he would be the father of many nations and that the entire world and that, would be blessed through his and children. That the entire world would be blessed and come to God through one of Abraham's children. So when these when these fleshy children got sent east, they paid attention to what was happening in the west in Israel. They tracked it through the years. Now, let's go to Isaiah. Come on. Let's go to Isaiah. And, of course, now this is a oh, lot. Oh, wait, we this, can't go to this, Isaiah. Go back to Matthew. This 1,500 years. This is a long time. A lot of the folks in the East have forgotten. But the ones that aren't going to forget the history and they aren't going to forget stuff like this are the astrologers, the wise men, the, the historians, the, 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 the learned people. They will remember this. That's and right. they keep track of it. That's right. 
That's right. The other thing that you have to understand is that these people were extreme record keepers. They were extreme record keepers. Now, go back to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. So now we know who the wise men are. They're scholars, they're prophets, they're teachers uh, uh, and wise men. Of They're the educated people of, of Abraham's descendants that had many generations before been sent eastward. eastward. All right, so let's read verse 1 and verse 2. All right, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Where were they headed? East. They were coming from the east. They were going to Jerusalem. Why were they going to Jerusalem? Good question. Let's find out. All right. Saying, where is he that is born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. They went to Jerusalem because that's where Abraham originally was. They were going back home because, remember, God promised Abraham that the king would be part of his lineage. These 42 generations later, they were headed back to their original home point, And they said this. They said, where is he born king of the Jews. Where is he, the king that came out of Abraham's lineage? That's what they were asking. But then they said this, for we have seen his what? Star. Star. Where did they see the star? In the sky, in the east. They saw it in the east. They saw the star in the east. So what? what, what's What's so important about this star? How did they know to follow a star? Oh, what a good question. What a good question. How did they know to follow the star? Well, go to Isaiah. Isaiah. We're going to start in Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42. Now, I'm in Ezekiel. I've got to get to Isaiah. Come on. Now, as you look at these scriptures... Your head's going to tilt a little bit, and it's okay that it's going to tilt a little bit, but you're going to see something fantastic about the star. We need to get to verse 6, but so we can understand it, and it's in context, we'll start at verse 1. 42. Isaiah 42. All right. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he have set judgment in the earth. And the isles shall wait for his law. Thus saith the God the Lord. Now that isles means people or, or regions. Thus saith God the Lord, he that createth the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath to the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. I the Lord have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee 
and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. What did it, what did it say? For a light of the Gentiles. For the light of the Gentiles. Who was he talking about? He was obviously talking about Jesus because he said, Behold my servant, whom I am uphold my elect, my soul delighteth. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth the judgment of the Gentiles. That's clearly Jesus. But then it gets to the end and he says, and I will give thee for a covenant of the people. How much you know? He gave, God gave Jesus for the covenant. And he gave Jesus for the what? For the light. And then the light to the Gentiles. Remember, when you're talking scripture, there's two people. There's those in covenant, the Jews. And there's out, those outside of the covenant, the Gentiles. Jesus is the light given unto the Gentiles. Come on. Given to the Gentiles. Jesus is the light given. Glory to God. Let's go to um, chapter 49. Chapter 49. Still of Isaiah. Still, all of these are in Isaiah. Again, for the sake of time, He's talking about Jesus, and we want to see... Oh, I'm in the wrong chapter. Uh, He's talking about Jesus, and let's pick up in verse 5 and read verse 5 and 6. All right. And now, saith the Lord, that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him, through Israel be not gathered... Though, though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. So this is the prophet talking, and he's glorifying God, and he's talking about God, and he says, The Israelites are still not gathered, but it's okay. Let's read verse 6. And he said, It is a light thing that, shouldest, that thou shouldest be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob. And to restore the preserved of Israel. How much do you know Jesus was to reserve the preserved of Israel? Come on. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Notice what he said. He said, I will also give, talking about Christ, for a light to who? The Gentiles. The Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Why did Jesus have to be a light to the Gentiles? Because it's the Gentiles that reach all the way around the world. It's the Gentiles that do. Come on. Uh, Let's jump over to chapter 51. Just a page or so. Let's look at verse 4. Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation. For a law shall proceed from me. And I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. Come on. Who, who, who is the judgment of, Christ, of God? Jesus. And he has said he's going to make him rest as a light, right? All right. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 60. 60. Now we've got to do some reading here. The key, the key verses we want is verse 1 verse 5, and verse 11. Those are the major ones we want to see, but there's a few things in there that we also need to see. So we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 11. All right, verse 1. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. 
For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Where did they? Where did where did the kings come? Where did the where did the scholars and the astrologers and all of those of wealth come from? King. By the way, kings also means rulers. Kings also means rulers. It says, "And the Gentiles shall come to what? To, to the light. light." What did it say in Matthew? They said, "We star. We saw his star, and have come." Isaiah, this is this is the uh, this is this prophecy being fulfilled. Shall come to the light, and the kings. To the brightness of thy rising. Come on. Now we haven't seen that part just yet, but we do see these these scholars and these these leaders. And how much do you know? If you're an astrologer or a prophet or any of that, who do you work for? Think about this. You work for the king. So if you're traveling, what are you traveling in? You're traveling in the name of your king you're an ambassador come on you're an ambassador come on oh this is so good he's (laughs) who's the light oh come on all right verse four lift up thine eyes round about and see all they gathered themselves together they come to thee thy sons shall come from afar and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side how much do you know the gentiles of the east are the sons of abraham Come on, they are the sons of the, uh, and how much do you know? They're coming from afar. Come on, who's he talking about? He's talking about the wise men coming at the birth of Christ. Let's keep going. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. Look at this. He says, thou shalt thou shall see and flow together. In other words, all of these wise men from the east, all of these, the Persians, the Medes, the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, come on, the, the Kurds today, the Persians today, all of these nations, they're all following the star. And how much you know, as they're traveling, they're coming together. These caravans are coming together. This was not three lonely kings. This was a massive quantity, a massive caravan following a star in the sky. Come on. All right. So, uh, and the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. In other words, the abundance of the people are going to be converted. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. How many camels? Multitude. multitude multitude means hundreds to thousands multitude of camels come come the, on the dromedaries of the of midian and ephah all they from sheba shall come okay so the dromedaries those are more camels there are camels coming from the medians there are camels coming from ephra there are com- camels coming from sheba there's camels coming from everywhere they shall bring gold and incense what are they bringing? Gold and incense. Come on. And they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. Oh, come on. They're showing forth. Look at this. Keep coming. All the flocks of Kedar. Who was the mother of the, of the sons? Kedurah. Kedurah. It's the, same, it's the same lady just farther down the line. Come on. All the flocks. 
This doesn't just mean camel. This means sheep. This means every type of, of livestock. They're coming to bless the king. They're coming with wealth. And these are the children of, of, of Kedurah. That's right. Shall be gathered unto thee. The rams of Neboroth shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on mine altar. In other words, the rams, the rams are coming and they're pregnant. They're bringing pregnant rams or pregnant. The rams are mad. I mean, the rams are coming with their pregnant ooze. Because <laughs> it says, it says, and gather together the rams and Nehavah shall minister. What does it, the other thing is the rams will not, not only are there ooze that are pregnant, but the rams are going to be given as sacrifice. Come on, to minister. They shall come up with acceptance on mine altar. And I will glorify the house of my glory. Who are these that fly as a cloud and as the doves to their windows? Surely the isles or the nations shall wait for me and the ships of Tarnash first to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them. So we've got camels, we've got gold, we've got incense, we've got flocks, we've got rams. Now we have silver. silver and more gold. Come on. Unto the name of the Lord thy God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he hath glorified thee. Come on. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought. So, so there's so many of them coming that the gates couldn't close day or night for who knows how long. Because they just keep coming. They just keep coming. Go to Luke chapter 2. Verse 32. This is uh, Simeon. This is Jesus is brought into the temple at eight days old. And Simeon, he's, he's been coming to the temple. He's been praying and believing for God. And he says, let's read what Simeon says. We're going to back up to verse 25. Okay. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Come on. And he came by the Spirit unto the temple. So the, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost was upon him and it led him to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Glory to God. Jesus is the light to the Gentiles. See, 
Jesus laying in the manger and the angels coming to the shepherd, that was for the Jews. But the star, the light was that led them to the Christ child, that was for the Gentiles. For Jesus, the birth of Christ was not only for the Jews. The birth of Christ for, was for every person in the covenant and outside of the covenant. That star, that star gets minimized so much, but that star meant so much. If God's people came out of Egypt full of wealth, how much more would God bring a provision for his infant child? But how much more would he bring a provision? If you're taking notes, write down these last two scriptures. I want you to write down Acts chapter 13, verse 47, Acts 13, 47, and Acts 26, 17 through 18. Those are two more verses that talk about Jesus being the light to the Gentiles. In fact, Paul's like, Oh, you Jews, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be, you know, receive everlasting life. That's fine. The light of Christ will give it on to them. <laughs> That's fine. But I want you to go to, um, let's go back to Matthew chapter 2. Why don't you go back to Matthew chapter 2? Because we've got to see something miraculous about this star. We've got to see something miraculous about it. Right, uh, verse 2. Verse 2. Saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. See, the Lord, Lord sent this star as a harbinger. In case you don't know what that is, let me give you the definition. Because Michael kept using it for me and I kept going, what are you talking about? A harbinger is a person or a thing that announces or signals the approach of another. It's a forerunner. It's a forerunner. So, so the Lord sent this star to the east. He sent it to herald or t to let them know that, the, that, that Jesus Christ was born. That's right. He sent this. Come on. Oh, it's so good. Come on. We've got to get to verse 9 before you break down on me. Right? <laughs> this is so good. This is so good. Oh, my goodness. But the now, star is now, so miraculous. Now they, they called it, they called it uh, the, the wise men called it his star. But, yeah. but how much do you know it was sent to them? Yeah, it was, it was their, their star. star. It was their star. You know, it, it announced Jesus' birth, but it was their star. It was sent to them to, so that they Come would on. know Come as on. a sign and a wonder and an omen. All right, what, verse, verse, chapter, three. <laughs> verse 3. Chapter 2, verse 3. Oh, okay, I thought we were going to a different chapter. No, no, okay. no, no. no. <laughs> <clears throat> when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So there's a lot in these. Yeah. There's a lot in these two scriptures because first off, he says, he says the, uh, you know, that the uh, prophet said that there's they're going to be out of Bethlehem. Well, what prophet's that? Come on. Come on. Jesus, come on. Look at it in the tail end where it says he'll be a governor that shall rule my people. There's a notation in my Bible that says he'll be a governor that feeds 
my people. How much do you know we get fed the word of God? Yep. We get fed on the word. He is the bread of life. So, so, it, so that last part of that scripture could be read, uh, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall feed my, my people, people Israel, Israel. instead on. of rule. Come on. Oh, there's so much in here that's so good, but we want to focus on that star. All right, so keep going? Yep. All right. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, so privately he called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. So, because the star heralded the birth of Jesus, and the wise men had to get get together, you know, hundreds of them, and and become a huge caravan and come... And come in with enough ceremony and pomp that Herod would take notice of them. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. so it took a while for yeah. them to get there. And the star didn't show up until Christ was born. Because and, notice what they said. They said in verse 2, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. So the star did not appear until Christ showed up in Bethlehem. Right Come now, on. And, it, and, and back in those days, you know, they, they couldn't all jump in the car or on a bus and, and head jump in that way. Giant airplane. No, they, they, had, they, they basically walked. Yeah. They had camels, yes, but the camels were carrying their luggage. Because yeah. it takes a lot of, lo- lot of food, a lot of supplies, a lot of tents. Plus they were bringing gold and silver and myrrh and frankincense and, and, and myrrh and smi- spikenard and all of the herbs. And, and, and they were bringing their flocks with them too. Remember, okay. they were bringing their rams and, and such. Uh, rams don't walk fast. No. And you got to feed them along the way. That's right. So, Come on. So, yeah, it took them a long it time. It took them I some mean, time. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, we don't know exactly how far they came, but but it, but it, the indication is it took years yeah. for them to Come get on. there. Come on. Let's keep going. Oh, this is so good. All right. So. Verse 8. Right. Verse 8. And then he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search diligently for the young child. Because he knew he wasn't an infant anymore. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him. Look out for those sheep, those wolves in sheep's clothing. Come on. Then they had heard, or when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them. Now, wait a minute. Well, do, do stars run in front of people? No. This star yeah. was on the move. I mean, yeah, you can this look. Star you can look at the you move. can look at the North Star, and it'll guide you generally in the direction of North. But stars don't just. I mean, today we can we can look at we can look at helicopters and airplanes and drones and say, yeah, there's a light up there, and it's just kind of sitting there. But but remember, the Lord led people. He He sent this star to lead them. Yep, come and on. And just like He sent. The pillar of fire and the and the pillar of smoke to lead his people out of Egypt. Yeah. This was not your ordinary star. This was not a ordinary phenomenon. It wasn't a comet. I mean, yeah, a comet shows you a trail and it kind of points a direction, but you, it's not going to lead you to, to somebody's house. Mm-mm. Well, we got to keep reading. We got to keep reading. It says that it says that uh, which they saw in the east went before them, which means as they moved, the star moved. The star moved at their rate. Yep, and they're walking with with goats and sheep and rams and camels. It says, till it came and stood over over where the small child was. That star kept moving until it literally... Uh, until it literally stood over the house. 
So as Pastor Michael, as we were studying this, he said this star was not up in the second heavenly. This star was in the first heavenly because it came and it literally stood over the house. Literally stood over the house. So my mind's trying to wrap around this. How does the star do this? Come on. How does a star, you know, I mean, as we know a star, do this? Well, it wouldn't be as we know a star. Be going to read verse 10. Okay. And when they saw the star, they, re- they rejoiced with, with exceeding great joy. This was not just joy. This was not just great joy. This was exceedingly, abundantly, above what we could even begin to imagine. Joy. Remember, these people have been waiting for the promise of God for For 1,500 years. years. Come on. This is not 15 minutes or 15 days or 15 years. This is 1,500 years. This is more than most of us can imagine. This is 32 generations. Imagine the rejoicing that we're going to do when we go from, from mortality to immortality. Imagine the rejoicing that we're going to do when we hear the trumpet call, calling us to heaven. Imagine the joy when we find out we're the generation that gets to go to the king. Come on, what's good? Imagine what's good. What's your joy going to look like when you figure out you're never going to have to go into the grave? What's your joy going to look like when you are perfectly whole all of a sudden? What is going to, what is your joy going to look like? Because I guarantee you, that's what their joy looked like. They had, they had come face to face with the promise that they had been looking for for 50 1,500 years. And not only that, they've been hiking for two years at least. At least. Maybe three or four. At least. To get there. Come on. (laughs) Oh, exceeding joy. But it says when they saw the star. So what you were wrapping your head around this star. Right. The star is not an ordinary star as we think of it. Mm -hmm. This star is like the pillar of fire or the pillar of smoke that led the Egyptians out of Egypt. This star led these people at night traveling over hundreds of miles and, and, and over many, many moons or days or years That's right. to get to where Jesus was. Now, and remember, this star is guiding, and remember, remember it's guiding the, Gentiles. It's not guiding Jews. It's guiding Gentiles. And remember, oh. as we read in the Old Testament, that Jesus, God was going to send this light to the Gentiles so that they would know. He was going to send this messenger. He was going to send this harbinger, this herald. Well, what, is, what does the Bible say a herald is? What does the Bible say a messenger is? Come on. It's an angel. Hark the herald angels sing. Come on. When they got, when they got to the house, when the star stopped at the house, that angel probably revealed itself to them and said, Here yeah, he is. In all is. its glory. In all his glory and all his wonder. We know in the book of Revelations that he said that he held the seven stars in his hand. What did the seven stars represent? It represented the church. It represented the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It represented the special messengers assigned into those churches. Come on. This was a special messenger angel. This was an angel with a purpose to get the Gentiles to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's read just a tiny bit more. Come on. Right. We got we to get 11. verse 11. 
And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. Now I want you to think about this. If I bring a big old treasure box in, I bring, op- I bring a treasure box in, and I open it, and there's a few little gold coins, and a little bottle of frankincense, and a little bottle of myrrh, are you going to think that's treasure? No. No. How much you know that thing is full? It's full. For whatever reason, Matthew only found it significant to record gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But we know that there was gold. We know there was frankincense. We We know know there there was was myrrh. We know there was silver. We know that there were multiple incense. We know that there were sheep and rams and and livestock and, and camels beyond measure. We know that there was all of this. So did the Father God have a provision for his son at his birth? Oh, absolutely. And where did the, where did the provision, now think this through, where did the provision come from? From Abraham, or the promise. Go to Proverbs. This is our last verse. Go to Proverbs chapter 13. You know, the one Remember, thing, the this one, is the Gentiles that brought all of this. And, you know, the one thing I noticed also is they came into the house yeah. and presented this. That's right. This is not a small house. No. You're talking hundreds of people yep. with treasure, and they came into they're, the house. They're coming into the house. Now, they may have had to rotate in, but still, they came into a house. I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 13 and look at verse 22. Because I did not, I, I did not use this when I was talking about about Joseph and that he was blessed. Now remember, Joseph was a direct descendant of Solomon, which was the wealthiest there had ever been. How much do you know? Even through the years of of destruction that the Jews went through, how much do you know? There were certain things that were passed down to the family line. David, he came out of the house of David. Um, <clears throat> How much do you know David had a massive amount of wealth? How much do you know that even in times of slavery, the Jews that had prosperity, think about it. They Listen, if your hands are blessed, we see it through the scriptures time and time again. They're put up over the kingdoms. They're put over the kingdoms time and time again, the Jews are. So there's no possible way. But look at this verse, Proverbs 13, verse 22. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. How much you know Joseph was a good man? How much you know he had an inheritance to pass down to his children and his children's children? How much you know the Father God is a good man? How much you know Abraham, David, Solomon, they're good men. They have an inheritance to lay down. But (laughs) there's a colon. There's a colon, he said, which means what I'm fixing to say is directly connected to what I just said. What is this inheritance? Check this out. And the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Who brought the riches to Jesus? The Gentiles, the sinners. This was a great wealth transfer at the birth of Christ. If Christ came into the world with a great wealth transfer and the, and, the, and the Jews came out of Egypt with a great wealth transfer and Jesus had great wealth at his death, how much do you know we're going out of here with great wealth? Praise God. Come on. Yes, we serve a God that sees ahead 
and provides. And we're just now beginning to look at the provision of Christ. We're just now tapping in to the provision of Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've never studied this out to this, in this form or this fashion, and I'm so excited I could just about float. I mean, I could just about. Listen, we're just now getting into this. Did God have a provision for his children? Yes. He had a provision for Christ. He has a provision for us. And we, all we have to do is say, Father, I receive it. Amen. I receive it. I take my portion. I take my share. I have it. Brother Randy uh, just put this out just the other day. He, uh, he, he, the Lord woke him up early, about 3 o'clock in the morning, and uh, he heard these words, El Shaddai. You know what El Shaddai means? The God of more than enough. And God said, I am the God El Shaddai. I am the God of more than enough. And my people shall be supplied. Come on. How much do you know? We're getting supplied. We just got to put our faith in it. We got to study it. We got to stay with him. Come on. Now, I'm going to tell you this. If uh, you've got sickness, people online here, somebody you know, If you know somebody that has some type of sickness and the doctors have said, we can't do anything. This is too hard for us. We're going to talk about that tonight in healing school. I don't normally uh, promote healing school in this form, but I heard the Lord say today, he said, "I I want you to talk to the people about there's nothing too hard for me to heal. There's nothing too hard for me to heal. Glory to God. So if you have people that you know that are in that situation, reach out to them, encourage them to come, encourage them to get online, encourage them to hear the word, because God is on the move, and he wants to heal some people. Glory to God. Let's uh, pray if our ushers will come. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Well, for the wonderful work of Christ, I won't complain about being 15 minutes over. Glory to God. Listen, the Holy Ghost moves. We'll make room for him, right? Glory, glory, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, you want to bless? You want sure. me to bless? Thank you, Father. All right. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for this day, thank and you, we thank Lord. you for this word. We thank you for, for revealing yourself unto us and showing us that, that you did not come into this earth as a pauper and that you, that, that you did not remain as a pauper, that you were... You were that everything you laid your hands to prospered. Everything your family laid their hands to, they prospered. And as we are part of your family, we will prosper as well. Lord, we just thank you for this revelation. We thank you for knowing that, that as long as we lay our hands to stuff, we will prosper. And as long as we keep our eyes on you, we will lay our hands to the correct things. Lord, we just thank you for this. And we thank you for your revelation. We thank you that, that, that you have given us something to think on and to meditate on throughout the week. Lord, something that will draw us closer to you and to help us to be more like you and, and you to draw close to us. Lord, we just love you and we thank you for your many gifts and the gift of your son. Lord, we just love you so much that we want to give into your kingdom so that, that your work can be done here on earth as it, it was in heaven and is in heaven. Lord, we just thank you for that. And we will give with a generous heart and a... And, and a, and a generous spirit and we we give uh, we give so that your work can be done lord we ask that you bless this offering that it go further than we could ever ask hope or thank towards the doing of your word 
and the doing of your work here on this earth. Thank you, Lord, Father. we ask that you bless us, that we can become a bigger blessing in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that your word is true and your word is working in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for the provision of Christ being handed down to your children. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. Every time I see the Christmas star, every time I see a star on top of a tree, I'm going to proclaim that star's for me. That star is my star. You can serve the people. That star is my star. That star, it was my Savior coming. Glory to God. That star represents my provision. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Well, we're going to do prayer. Um, are we doing prayer this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, because we should which Friday night prayer. So do prayer at 5 for those that need healing. And then we'll do our healing school at 6. And uh, then we'll have, and, and it'll just be a wonderful week. And uh, just be blessed. If you need us, reach out to us. Amen. Separate, even if I ran.